This is AI Podcast, not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real. The difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. All right, all right, all right, everyone. Welcome to Agency Intelligence, where I give you real agents inside real agencies, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there this is Cass and I'm back today with my man Aaron Gordon you probably know about him you've heard on him some on some other of those podcasts that are out there and all those podcasts are great but they're not going to interview Aaron the way that I am and you all know that as loyal listeners and that's why you're here so what we're going to do is we're going to start right into it but before I want to let you guys know I think you're probably listening to this probably in the middle of October, maybe towards the end of October. I really do not know, but the end of the year is coming, and I hope that you're starting to plan for your 2022. Can you believe right now, loyal listeners, that it's 2022, and when I say it's 2022, when you're listening to this, it's like two and a half months away, so like 20%, 80% of the year is gone. Wasn't it just 2019 when this COVID-19 thing came out and the son of a bitch is still with us? I got to tell you, I've been I've been a, a, um, quiet on this, but I really am really proud of our country right now that we actually have now taken on a 76% adoption rate um, onto the vaccine. Cass's stance, if you don't want to take the vaccine, you don't have to take the vaccine. This is America. But also don't bitch when somebody dies that's close to you. That's the way that I feel about it. And if you don't like that, quit listening to this goddamn podcast because it's the way that I feel. I've got a friend right now who uh, is going through a serious situation. She is anti-against the vaccine, completely against it, which I respect that. America, they have the right to do that. And her husband and her two kids just got it. And what did she do the first thing that she did? She went to Walgreens to see if she could get the vaccine. Now that right there pisses me off because that just shows me that you're a lot more ignorant than I thought. And you know, really the word ignorant doesn't even hold it right. Ignorant means lack of knowledge. There's no way you've lived in this world for the last 18 months and don't know how serious this thing is. And then to get the, and then your family gets it and you run to Walgreens? What the hell? That means you might be ignorant and just not figuring out what's going on. There's my little soapbox, but that is something that I just encountered this morning and it just has me fired up. Listen, if you're against the vaccine and you believe in freedom, then be against the vaccine and believe in freedom. Not when shit starts to, tr- to, to crumble. And I'll tell you what, it's a very, very tough thing going on right now, but we're going to get through this, America. Make sure that you leave that out of your goals for 2022 because we now have gotten enough sense that we're going to start to be able to get this show back on the road. Aaron Garden, how are you, brother? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And I, I, I keep politics out of business, but listening to you, I, I can't agree more. And uh, I, I echo your sentiment. You know, I have, I have friends that I got the vaccine uh, right away. I have friends that haven't, but I do think that this is a, a great country and we will get through it and we are going to get through it. We just had the 9-11 20th anniversary. I was born and raised and still live in New York City and Manhattan. And I, 
we saw the best of America then, and, and we will see the best now. And people just need to make their educated decisions, but make sure that we can keep moving forward. You know, Aaron, I was telling my son the other day, my son, he, he's 22. So, right. So you can only imagine the last 10 years where he actually has understood politics and life and really just in the last like six to eight years. Right. And you know what the last six to eight years have been like. Here's what I told him. And we're going to move on. I told him, I said, son, believe it or not, someone's going to come along. I don't care if it's a Democrat, Republican, some American is going to come along and is going to bring us back together. We always it's have and we always will do. We, we always, always have. And right now, it's so hard to picture that. But my man, Paul Harvey, he's not really my man, but I used to listen to him when I was younger. Paul Harvey says, in times like these, always remember that there have always been times like these. And that is very, very important. I mean, there was a point in time, Aaron, about 160 years ago, that we were shooting each other as Americans. Now... I mean, we're kind of doing that today, but that's like in Chicago and shit. I'm talking like we were against each other, right, for battling for the union. Aaron, uh, welcome to the podcast, man. I greatly appreciate you being on. This is long overdue. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I mean, this is uh, of my career bucket list. This is definitely very high up there. So thanks for having me. Well, good. And I'm glad you chose us last. I'm serious because we always save the best for last of all the other podcasts you've been on. David's got a great podcast out there that he's sharing the mayor. He's okay, I guess, you know. That's no, it. I'm love... his sheriff now. So, you know. Oh, whatever. yeah. Oh, shit. That's right. That's right. I guess I better stop what uh, what I say about him. No, you can go for it. I'm trying. I'm listening. Do you want to talk about civil war? I'm ready to go. <laughs> so, you know, we can get rid of him quick. You let me know. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Uh, love you. Sorry. Sorry. Forget that. Aaron. Sorry. Are you an iPhone or are you a Droid user? iPhone all the way. All right. IPhone. All right. And I just my older brother, one of my brothers. I have, I have three brothers and one sister, and one of my brothers was the last holdout. So our little sibling chat was green for all these years, and uh, he just got the thirteen, and it was a big moment in our fam- in our family's life. So, you know, <laughs> Apple stockholders, you're welcome for that. You got you got a new winner in my brother. He's the new statistic. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Do you love to win or do you hate to lose, man? I love to win. I love to win. Love to win, no doubt. I love to win. I, you know, I don't like to lose, but I love to win. There's not, the feeling of winning carries me much more than I try to forget the losses. And but you right, know, it doesn't happen right. every day. But lo- losses suck. But I love to win. Love it. I, I'm with you. I'm with you there. I was talking with the last uh, couple podcast or guests that when I was younger, I liked. I, I hated to lose. Um, now that I have uh, more higher responsibility, but I've been able to delegate all my tasks pretty much, that allows me to love to win, right? Because when I win, that means my team's winning. And I, and I really get off on that today. And I, I really think also what, what I found, especially on the agency side, and this might be a good segue, is when we win, we usually win because of what we're good at. Sometimes Ooh. when we lose, there are outside factors there. There's you know, a guy's brother-in-law becomes an insurance agent. That I just really did I really lose that account? I don't think so. Right? That was but if I can win by and we've had a great run over the last two, three, four years, especially in the last eighteen months. So you talk about this COVID thing, it has definitely been a challenge, but I've Mm -hmm. never been more excited to be an insurance agent. But when we have those wins, when we're seeing those big agencies not perform the way that they always said they would, that win carries us. And right it carries the team because it helps the team as you said, with greater buy-in because they can see the vision. Right. Losing an account sucks and it hurts, especially if you have those long, long-standing accounts or very valuable accounts. But that, that win is what's going to inspire you and keep the method and the whole dream going forward. And that's what your team wants. 
That's good stuff, Aaron. That's good stuff. There was a little bit of stuff that other people have said, but you brought it to your own uh, and brought it in your own way. I like that a lot, man. That was good. Two things in the world we think uh, here at Agency Intelligence got you to where you are today. One skill, one luck. What would say has been the biggest factor in your life? Luck. Luck, hands down, huh? Hands down. I, I, I'm not the smartest guy. I like to think that I love insurance and I'm passionate about it. But the fact that I was, I'm the child of two people who are incredible insurance agents, the fact that I was blessed to have a great education, the fact that I am able to do the crazy things, quote unquote, that I like to do in our agency because I'm standing on the shoulders of my parents who built a book and I don't knock their old school way, but taught me values and I'm able to, that's, that's all luck. Skill, yeah, I'm pretty skillful. I like to be there. I like to, you know, commit to people and live up to expectations, but... I wish I could say that luck didn't play into it, but I'm not going to lie. You know what's amazing is everybody who says luck like you, Aaron, always their next sentence has to be, I was born into this family. You know what I mean? It comes down to that. And, and it's so true because you can, you could have all the skill in the world right now, but let's be honest, you didn't have, you're not having the rough time I had 10 years ago when I was starting my agency, right? 100, 100%. That doesn't, the, mean, that doesn't mean that it's easy going forward. That's no discredit to you going forward, Aaron. Right. And I, and what, the way I look at it and I, you know, it, it's, it's especially evident when we deal with carriers, right, we have long-standing carrier relationships. I can't imagine what it would be like to try to just randomly have to start cold calling agencies or start on the wholesale side, you know, wholesaling old business and moving it over. But that is a double-edged, you know, there's two sides to that coin in that, but there are expectations of Aaron Gordon that other young hustlers don't have. Mm -hmm. Aaron Gordon is the son of David Gordon, who's been doing this for 60 years, and of Goldie Gordon, who doesn't forget policy forms or commas or periods and in insurance. Gordy or Goldie? Go Goldie Gordon. Goldie Gordon. That's wow. Check, that's your mom? That's wow. Mom. And, she's, and, she's, and every single time I speak to an underwriter, they're like, my manager just told me that if I'm going to be working with your agency, I better have all my ducks in a row before I speak to your mom because she's going to know everything and she's amazing. So that... That's cool. It, it's, but it's good pressure when we talk about luck, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I like, I'd rather that pressure than, and I say this because I really feel blessed and lucky that you know, I've never faced the point where I've said, how am I going to pay the office rent this month? Yeah. I try mm -hmm. to think about what, if I, if I thought that way or if I just sat back and lived on the book, I think where I am now 11 years into it or 10 years from now, I'd have a more difficult time. So I try mm -hmm. to kind of, I try to look at my book as a new branch just so that I can set my goals and look at that and make sure that I'm holding myself accountable. But it is nice to have those, that longstanding relationship, th those relationships and that longstanding business to, well to said, be a part man. of. So tell us about David, tell us about Goldie, but really we want to learn about you. Take us back to high school di diapers, wherever, and bring us forward to where you got now here at the insurance agency. Sure. So I'm an identical twin, which uh, my brothers, oh, wow. my none of my siblings work in this business, in this industry. Um, my father started our business in December of 1968. My mother came on in 1983 when they got married. Uh, important to note that every single time I run into her former employee in the industry, he says, I lost my best employee. And I say, whatever, you know, she had cute kids with my dad. So like, you know, that they were married, so she had to go work with him. But my parents started an old school agency. My father was a healthcare specialist, but really a generalist. My mother is the queen and king and everything of service and dedication. And I thought my parents were cool, even though that kind of seems weird. I didn't think lawyers were cool. That's what I was, I was supposed to think that lawyers and doctors were cool. I thought my parents were cool because my dad got to go to cool trade shows. Um, we lived a pretty good life. 
And he had clients all over the world and country, and I thought that was awesome. Like going to visit a client in Bermuda. I didn't understand the insurance side of that, but I thought it was pretty cool that like, hey, where's your dad? He's in an office in Midtown. Where's your dad? He's in Bermuda. You know, so that was, and, but at the same time, we also had a great life in that my parents didn't travel that much. I don't, it wasn't uh-huh. like one of those traveling salesman type of people. Mm-hmm. And when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, I realized that professional basketball wasn't going to work, um, <laughs> which I, which was, I thought for a little while, but I realized in high school that that probably wasn't going to work. Um, was looking for a summer job and my parents said, why don't you, why don't you try it out? Um, and I fell in love with this thing. And, uh, mm-hmm. so I started full time in 2010 and been going strong ever since. In all honesty, because I know that you're going to pull that out of me anyway, because that's what this is all about. Uh-huh. Uh, I didn't believe in this thing when I started. I was kind of looking at it as a segue, but now I believe in this more than ever. And all the products that I told my parents, they were crazy for pushing forward because they were more expensive, even though they were better products and nobody was ever going to buy. If there's anything I've learned in the past, certainly few months here on the personal line side with the big storm we had or in the last year or so with the with COVID and everything else that's going on with that, products really differentiate us and service is what pushes it over the edge. So I I went to college for business management, but I was always had I was working here part time even then. And uh, I'm just trying to bring this to the to the next generation and show people what real service is about and help those agents, those clients that are used to that independent agent kind of push that forward here in a big city where there's all this capital and things getting pushed towards it. Sorry, there that was a rant. Of, no, a no, rant. it wasn't. There wasn't. There is a lot of capital being to but you have a lot there. Um, it's so crazy. That's a very sim, uh, familiar story. Um, it really truly is with the uh, son or daughter of the agency owner and they're now in the business, right? It was, I got out of college. Usually this is how it goes. I got out of college. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I sat around and thought, you know what? My mom and dad always had a good life. My dad was always at my games. My mom was always at my games. Um, you know, we took some really nice vacations when my other friends were just like going to Six Flags. And I kind of thought to myself like, you know what? I didn't like it as I was growing up, but maybe I should try this. And that is the story. It is like loyal listeners, you know, listen to this. That is the footprint that takes us to where we are today. It may be a little bit different. Some of them did go to college. Some of them decided to do it right out of high school, but it's so awesome for that. And, and for me, um, I won't be upset if my boys don't choose insurance. Number one, my 22 year old already is in it with us. But at the same time, I am upset because I know how great this industry is. I understand how great residual income is, right? I understand how great this thing is that you literally bust your ass for three, five, seven years. And it's not easy street, but it's easy street, right? You can lay back. You can start to take in the clients that you want to deal with. Um, I say this all the time. If you're going to own a business, why not an insurance agency? And the thing, I, I try to explain this to my other friends who own other businesses. They, I was, okay, Aaron, I was talking to this guy. I was talking to this guy. And he comes and sees me and he's talking to me about his, um, his business. And he wants to, um, he, he's going to sell his business. And he's a sign logo company, makes shirts and stuff. And he's, and he's asking me how much he should get for his business. And I'm like, I don't know, dude, I'm in a different industry. And he was like, well, it's all the same. I said, no, it's not all the same. And he said, and he said, well, you know, I, he said, why is yours not the same? I said, because I have residual income. And he said, well, I do too. 
And he said, I, I have the same clients and they buy from me every year. I said, time out. Hold on. Let me explain this to you, Bill. I said, if I go to my front door right now and I lock that sucker on January 1st and I decide to just send all my staff home, I'm going to pay them. They don't have to come to work for a year. I can come back on December 31st and unlock that door. And I guarantee I have about 70 to 85% of my clients are still with me, paying me. My staff, my staff was being paid the whole time. That is residual income. That well, what about is, the fact that people have to buy it, right? Yes, he has yes. loyal clients in that case. Mm -hmm. But when a global pandemic hits, come on, who's buying t-shirts? Maybe right. people are, maybe they're not. Come on. But that's... But for us, right, people still, they might not have liked it or we might have had to tweak their coverage or auto insurers might have credited some premium, but everybody still had to have it who had it. Eric, we all still grew, or Eric, I'm sorry, Aaron, we all still grew as well. We grew 16% during the pandemic when everybody else was closed. I mean, come on, what business model is that? And that right there, going back to what I was saying, Aaron, that's where I would get upset if my kids chose somewhere else. And it's not upset's not the word. It's not whatever they want to do. But it's just kind of like, ugh. And well, then I'll and then your situation, I've kind of created it for my sons already. So they just have to come in and learn it and continue it. Go on, Aaron. But, but I'll say the other thing is, and that I think you hit on a point, is that not everyone is meant to be a business owner. So anyone people people who want to people who are kind of have that tilt towards they're gonna be the world's greatest software programmer at Google. Go for it, dude. Like that's that's you, or you want to crunch numbers at a hedge fund. But anybody who's opening a business, the other part of this, and this is, I scream what you scream, and then this part two of my of my Come rant on. is, there is no other industry in the world where you can get paid basically just to be friends with people, <laughs> right? Like, oh, I'm your friend, and you bought a house, right? Like, you need homeowners insurance. So all I have to do is be your friend. Now, that doesn't mean everybody's going to buy for you and you can be a total jerk, right? But what do you know what you mean? Right, like, you can own the local liquor store and not everybody drinks. You can, own, you can, you can own the bagel store and not everyone's going to have a bagel because they're on a diet. Everybody needs homeowner's insurance. Any, anyone who wants to be like you and own a business mm -hmm. is going to need business insurance. You literally, you can it. just go, go to Main Street, wherever you live. If you're listening, go to Main Street, stand on one side of the corner, look across and say, there's probably an insurance agency there because those people are smart, but every other business there, those can be and should be your clients. It mm -hmm. might take you time, like you said, right? You got to hustle three, mm -hmm. five, seven, ten years. Mm -hmm. And then over time, hopefully that builds. But like, you got to be friends with people. You, you're friends with your banker at the branch and then they just refer you business. All That's you got to so do is true. be friendly with the guy who's you know, providing a service to you so they like you and then they pay you to pay them. Like, I, I don't, I go to a coffee shop, I ask them about their insurance. Now, again, if you're not that personality, this probably isn't the business for you. But mm -hmm. if you think that you can go, if you can think you can sell cars or you can own the local whatever, then you can do this. Oh my gosh, that's so true about being friends with people. That's what you have to do. It's about relationships. Relation, it's, that's, that's so true. And, and if you're I, new in this industry and you don't think it's true, please like, I'll, I'll, call me, look me up. I'll tell you, I didn't believe this was true. And true. maybe, Jason, maybe you believed it from the beginning. I didn't believe this was true. Mm -hmm. But in the last three to five years, I've seen it. People yeah. come around. That doesn't mean you're not going to get 100% of the people. Mm -hmm. But you don't even have to sell them. Somebody's going to have a leak in their house, and they're going to ask you about their insurance. And then you're going to say, I wish I could help you. And then the second that that solves itself, they're going to say, how can I work with you? 
Correct, correct. And the best shoe stores don't just sit around and sell shoes. They go and they create relationships with the local high school and say, hey, if you guys need any high, we have the shoes for you. Insurance, you can do that on a mass level, right? There's so many different types of businesses that are needing insurance in the process, like a home, right? Someone buys a home. Like the local day school where like your kids go to school. That's like exactly. the church, like the synagogue, right? That's if right. you think about everywhere you go, they all need insurance. So my my girls go to a go to a single gender school. My son goes to goes to a single gender school. My girl school, they had an insurance problem. My wife said, "How come you never sell them?" I said, "I'm not selling. That's where my girls go to school. I don't need that. I'm in the community. Had an insurance problem. Call me. Hey, how can we work with you?" Right. Now I'm still paying the tuition, and but doesn't everyone want to work with a local guy whose kids are in the school? Because mm-hmm. when that roof leaks, my I have my kids home for four months. That's enough for me. 2020 was enough for me. I'm fixing it. If I have to go up on that roof myself, I'm going to fix it. And that's not an insurance thing. So imagine if I can get someone else to pay for it, what I'm going to do for you. Oh, man. Aaron, where do you live? I live in Flushing, New York, in Queens. In Queens? Okay, yeah. F- Flushing? Flushing. I live equidistant. If you've ever flown in here, I live equidistant between LaGuardia Airport and JFK Airport. Okay. U.S. So. Open, I live right near. Oh, I think okay. I think it used to be Arthur Ashe, and now it's Billie Jean King Stadium or something like that. Yeah. But I live in a in a close suburb to the city because my wife grew up in the suburbs. I grew up in the city. I like pigeons. She likes grass. Only place <laughs> you can get both, Queens, New York. <laughs> I like pigeons. <laughs> they were my pets growing up, man. I bet they were. All that concrete out there, there wasn't much grass, was there? You know, one thing I'll tell you, and I'm not making light of the whole pandemic thing, so please, you know, I've been through hell also. I have an, I have an 80-year-old father who's immunosuppressed, so I don't take it lightly, but... If you grow up in New York City, all the stuff, all the germs that I was exposed to on the streets of New York City from the time I was zero to the time I was 18, come on, man. Come on, bro. I ate off the floor of the New York City subway before they were cleaned. You think you need to sanitize a subway for me? You know what kind of T-cell immunity I got from New York, from germs? You know? Come on, I put my hand right on that banister. I don't do the sleeve thing. I go right for the banister. That's great, man. Hey, um, so let's talk about something that you had mentioned about all these uh, agencies. Uh, you kind of have a little bit of soapbox on that. These agencies that are being sold, bought. Um, there's some that they. I was just looking at something. They said M and A mergers and acquisitions is going to go up about twelve percent over the next twelve months. Now that's just somebody's statistic. But uh, what are some of your thoughts on that, Aaron? You know, every quarter we hear this is the end of the M&A boom in insurance, but and it's not. I, I agree that it's going to go up. What numbers are, I don't know. Was there really a, a down in 2020? I'm not sure. But back to what we were previously talking about, the beauty of this industry is that you had somebody who cared. All you got to do, all Jason and Aaron and Jason's kids and whoever got to do to be successful is care. Mm-hmm. And the guy who's crunching the numbers at the investment firm can't possibly care about the individual. And that's not a knock on them. They make a lot of money. You know, capitalism is what makes the world go round. So I'm not knocking that. But this industry was always based on compassion and caring and a little bit of luck. That's true. And to me, what's sad, and if your kids don't come into the business, you'll be somewhat disappointed. If my kids don't come in or my nieces or nephews, I guess I'll be a little bit disappointed because I know how hard my parents work to build it. So that's why yeah, it means so much to me. There. But I just see people that are selling for the top dollar. And these are the people that I have heard from in the past 
saying they would never sell, they're gonna care about their clients. So we had, there was an agency, and I, I don't like to get into specific names because I don't want anyone to really be mad at me, but like there's an agency in New York City that specializes in a very specific immigrant demographic. Okay. And their pitch was, and always has been, our grandfather started this agency with the money in his pocket. Well, guess what? An existing client of mine called and said, my wife's entire family, my wife is from this, is an immigrant, my wife's entire family worked with this agency, and now that they sold to one of these big box how are they gonna be able to service them the same way? She wants to talk to you. Now that's easy money for me. So by the way, everyone, go sell, sell, and then all your clients will come to me and to Jason and to the, and to the people who are still independent because that's what's happening, right? right. You and I are growing. How many, how many people that you've onboarded in the last two years are true new, new businesses? And how many of them are offshoots where they were with an agency that was acquired by one of the big ones? And now they're like, hey, I'm done with the 800 number or, they were, they're a good referral source that maybe before didn't feel so great about referring to the small agent. Mm. And now they're like, hold on, I used, to, I used to refer only to Marsh or to Willis or to Aon or to Gallagher or to Hub. And then I realized that you guys can offer the same thing and you're still here. Mm -hmm. So the, most of our business is coming from one of those two things, either referral sources that have given up on the agencies that they used to because they sold or people who have given up on those agencies. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With MBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with MBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. And I just, what I don't understand, and this is my rant, is I know you're making money. I know you're growing. I'm at the events with you. I see the clothes you wear. I know the car you drive. Is it really worth it to sell your parents, grandparents, and your dream for X number of dollars? And by the way, I'll be honest. If someone calls and offers me a billion dollars, well, Jason, you and I are going to go on a private jet and we're both going to sell. But that's not happening, right? These people are not getting you know, hundreds no. and hundreds and hundreds of millions out there going to their pocket. No, they instead made, of they, two times, they're getting three times. Let's just be rough. At right. It. And so they could do that. Like you said, you don't, if, if, if they decided, and I guess this is where the rant really comes through. If you decided that you didn't want to hustle anymore, but you just wanted to do service, you could still pay your bills. That could sure. be your retirement plan, right? A better, better, a better performing asset, as you said, than any 401k yep. would have been if my father, if my father and mother, let's say they didn't have me in the business mm -hmm. instead of retiring. If they said, you know what, we're just going to service the accounts that we like. Just those good friends, right? Someone, someone nickel and dimes us. Part of our retirement plan is we're not going to aggravate over that like we have for the last 30 years. Uh huh. And guess what? I promise you would outperform their 401k. It really would. In that income. It really would. My buddy Billy Williams, uh, who you know I speak of a lot, he has, well, I shouldn't, he says that his investments are agencies because he can control an agency by controlling its processes and its operations he can control his 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 gain on those in the in the in the stock market it's lost to somebody else it's whatever the economy's doing or whoever makes a bad decision or china decides to tighten up their their reins and it affects them that has no effect on him 
I like what you're saying here, though. There is a lot of there is a lot to be said, and I want you to know. I think a lot of these agencies out there would prefer to stay um, small and local. I got a guy by the name of Ryan Reynolds who is inside of, and I have a lot of these stories, but his name's Ryan Reynolds, and he's inside of the Mastermind. He's a champion, and he worked for a farmers agency for 17 years. And he heard that this local agency uptown was selling, and it's a large agency. And he called up the owners and he said, hey, I want to try and put in a bid or put in an offer for this. And they said, well, go ahead and come on in. And when he was there, they told him, I want to let you know, we've already gotten two bids from some big, large firms. And we're probably going to go with them, but we'll listen to your pitch. Well, he gave him this pitch, gave him his ideas. He said he left. I don't know if it was a day later or a week later. They called him back and said, you know what? It's, we're taking a lot less to go with you. But we're going to go ahead and go with you because we wanted to stay what it was, whether it was family or whatever in the community. And, and he said that he just he admired the fact that they had sacrificed, taken away. Let's just say he paid them two times and three times. We keep it simple for, for our listeners. I mean, you're talking, you're talking about if it's a $20 million business, you're talking around five, six, seven, eight million dollars that they walked away from in that. But they got 20. Right. You know, that's kind of what you're saying. It has And to my pitch is like, I wish, and I speak to agency owners all the time. Haven't, we haven't done deals like this yet, but I, I think they're coming. And that's the, my best asset for those clients that we were talking about are my parents, right? My mm -hmm. dad, this guy has been going to lunch with my father twice a year to talk about his insurance for the last 40 years. If I start calling him and my dad disappears, God forbid, I don't know if I... I don't know if I'll lose it, but I know right now I'm not losing it. Right. That's so true. my pitch is you want to slow down. And this is what I've said to my parents. And this is what I say to all the aging agency owners who I try to work with is you tell me what you want to do. You do that. We'll work out of something that makes sense. And by the way, you might make the same money in the end. You might, that guy might've turned around one multiple now, but in the example that you gave with Ryan, right? They're done being paid in three years. Mm -hmm. What happens the five years after that? That's right. You can be 85 years old in the insurance industry or 80. My father is, uh, please God, about to be 80, 81. He doesn't work as hard as he used to, but he's equally as productive. And guess what? Now he doesn't play golf. But if he did, he could just play golf for the next 10 years and still be the number one producer in the company. If you look at his <laughs> book, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So so those people yeah. who you're selling to, if you if you're if you're if you're if you're thoughtful in the way you construct the deal and you say, hey. I know you want to make some money now. You deserve it. There are some things you want to do. You want to pay off your mortgage. You want to do all those kind of things as part of your retirement plan. So in your example, you'll get the $20 million over the next three years. When we're done with that, why don't we just put you on a straight commission structure? Mm -hmm. And as long as those businesses that are profitable for us are profitable, you're going to get, you might not get the 50 or the 60% that you were getting now, but I'll give you 20% on a $20 million book. I'll give you 20% of my commissions. Mm -hmm. So if I'm making rough numbers, even though it's probably more than this, if I'm making 10%, if I'm making 2 million on your 20 million, and I'm willing to give you 20% of that, right? You're making 400 grand and you don't do anything. Yeah. So again, what you'll do is you'll have lunch with that guy once a year and then call me up and say, hey, Aaron, I want to make, this guy wants to make these changes to his policy. Or, hey, my buddy, I was playing golf with my buddy, Jason, you know, he's a client of ours. He just, he told me that they're looking at a new property, so let's work on that. Mm -hmm. But that's all you got to yeah. do is be around, and you can that's make right. in that example you're making four hundred grand. So to make that, 
then you're not spending out of your 20 anymore. You're making that income basically till the day you die. One of the things that I like also about owning an agency, which falls right in line with what you're talking about, Aaron, is I think about the fact that what I'm building today, someone in 2080 is going to own and is going to be making an awesome living off of, right? 100%. So let's say my son's buy me out in 10 years. That means 2030, uh, just keeping the numbers easy. They're not going to own it for more than probably 20, 30 years. So they sell it in 2050. Now they sell it to somebody else and who sells it to somebody else. And you've got people making money and having wonderful lives all off the work that we did today. Your dad started it in 1968. I started mine in 2010. Ironically enough, I started my age so you didn't start in the business, but you started in 2010, um, which I thought was interesting. So, I, I mean, that's that's. Amazing. And by the way, we get to do good. We get to do good. We get to help people. We get to help people and be their friend. But, I love what you said. We really never put two and two together right? like we're, that. We're playing golf. We're going out to dinner. We're making money and we're helping people when they have when they have a either in their business or in their personal life when mm -hmm. they have a tragedy, whether we do their financial planning, whether we do their life insurance, whether we do just their PNC work. So, during Superstorm Ida. And this is this is one of my marketing gimmicks, so people can take it. I know that you're, you like to give takeaways to your listeners. So I, it was absolutely crazy here in the five boroughs. There were, people had water coming in from every angle. Every toilet in the house is backing up. So it's complete chaos. And we didn't know when it was going to end. They said it was going to be three hours, but after an hour, it was like the people that had water, it was over. So I started driving around my neighborhood, calling all my calling my clients, responding to calls. So my wife says to me, "What are you What are you doing?" Like, you can't help these people. It's pouring outside. I said, you know what I can do? And I reached into my fridge and I took out every alcoholic beverage that I had in a can. And I said, I can show up at their house and I can just give them a beer. And so I show up. People say, oh, you're the insurance guy. You're going to tell us what to do. I said, you know what you're supposed to do right now when there's water pouring into your basement and it's still raining outside? Go upstairs. Here's a canned, uh, here's a can of want a rosé for you, a can of beer for you. Sit down and relax because the next 48 hours are really going to suck. <laughs> you know, but like, and, and people were like, it's so nice that you're here. And I'm like, how many people don't want to help their neighbors? If you knew that, you, if you weren't even in the insurance business and God forbid you saw your neighbor's house on fire, everybody runs to help. Right. Now I get to help you not only like, hey, if you need a place to sleep tonight, you can sleep in my guest room, but I also get to help you get your house rebuilt. Yeah. I it's know. the best kind of neighbor. It's the best kind of neighbor. It really, truly is. It, it really is. And you should quit using that terminology, neighbor. People are going to start thinking State Farm and shit, yeah. Eric. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, partner, street partner. <laughs> I saw a guy the other day. He had a shirt on. He says, like a good neighbor, stay over there. <laughs> right, right, exactly. right, right. You know, I just, I'll tell you the funny thing. You know, we, everyone talks about that. Everyone talks about the commoditization of our industry. What I find personally embarrassing or funny or comical and the whole thing is like all of the people that we're competing against, the personalities that we're competing against are total creeps. Like, you know, the guy from the, the menace from, uh, from all I think state, all state. Uh, flow is really annoying. Um, the, obviously the there's gecko. a gecko, right? So right. it's not like anyone, it's not like they have some, you know, the general with, with, with Shaq like that. That's ridiculous. So, so if we can just kind of be a little bit human, it, the bar is not, other than pricing, right? The bar is not really so high in our industry. And I'm not knocking on our industry. I'm just saying like, mm -hmm. I literally just got to compete with a woman with an annoying voice from Progressive and just show people why, like, do you, imagine if she showed up at your house after you got into an auto accident. Do you know I was talking with the... <laughs> Think um, I was talking with a uh, executive from uh, Nationwide, 
and he said that when all of the Geico and the flow and stuff came out, they immediately jumped on with the, you remember the guy that had the phone on his chest and he sure. would like go around, yeah. you know, they said they dropped that after the first year because they realized that they wanted to go a different way. They went and got Peyton Manning. Right. They wanted to be somebody It was like, we're not a freaking. And I really admired them. And I really hadn't really thought of that until I thought back. I'm like, yeah, the, the commercials you see from Nationwide, they're like cozy, real. Hey, this could happen. And, and by uh, the way, look, not, look at what they're doing now. Right. They, they, they've introduced a higher net worth product. Basically, I think they're in 40 states now. Don't quote mm -hmm. me. Something like that. Mm -hmm. And when people who are affluent. Who are really the target client of everybody. Right, it's true. Start hearing the nationwide name. It's not distant from them because they've had that casual professional. It's mm -hmm. not It's not super, you know, suit and tie lawyery, but right. it's also not so gimmicky. Whereas, like, I can't imagine that when someone upgrades from there, and maybe I'm wrong, but the average consumer that I'm selling to calls me and says, hey, I know you told me when I was driving my used 2001 car when I was just getting going. There's nothing wrong with that. Like Geico made sense for me, but I just, I, I fulfilled my life's dream. I mm -hmm. just bought a Mercedes. They're calling right. us because they realize that there's a different thing there. And what mm -hmm. Nationwide I think has done successfully, and we've seen this, especially in New York, is because they didn't drop to the gimmick, they're now able to take that step a little bit further, which the other Very companies true. are having trouble doing. I feel exactly the same way. And I didn't until that executive was telling me that. And I'm like, son of a bitch. I didn't realize that. But they have positioned themselves very well. They really, truly have. Um, Aaron, any other things you want to talk about? I, I don't want to try to keep this too long. I think this has been power packed so far. Anything else you wanted to talk about? I, on I'm having a great anything? time. I just want to say thank you to you and all the, all the, uh, the great people in this industry. One of the things, and I know your listeners value this, but it really is true. The other benefit of this business that we didn't talk about is the network. Yeah. This business is so mm -hmm. great. And the best part about this business is I don't have to badmouth you. I don't have to badmouth David, right? All the people who I lean on as mentors and friends, they have problems, they have questions in New York, they come to me, I can help them, and we can all make good livings without, you know, knocking on each other. I mean, how many industries have brain shares and masterminds the way that our industry does? I know. That we we compete, but we don't compete. You know, I yeah, have friends. We literally will sit in a room and tell all of our top secrets and marketing ideas to other competitors, which they're not really, but to other people in our industry and allow them to take notes and then encourage them to go do it. And by and the way, I can call people literally down the street from me and say, I know that this is your, your niche. And I have all the confidence in the world that they'll call me on my niche because that's... Again, I don't know. I don't know if I've referred agents more business. They refer me dollars and cents wise, but how many businesses is it not? You know, like people just don't. Other than people who are starting new, leaving an agency, but the mm -hmm. people who are the agency principals in our generation. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are my these are my forget about mentors and colleagues. These are my friends. It is. So You're another right. benefit that I just want to throw out there and say to the listeners: that's, if you're if you're down on it. Just stick at it. It's it's yeah, so worth stay it. Stay at it. It's the greatest industry God ever created. I promise. I absolutely promise. And by the way, God created it when he uh, when he flooded the ark. I'm just saying when he flooded the world. Just saying. First superstorm. <laughs> I'm gonna add that to my repertoire. That's it. I Risk management it. 101. God <laughs> created the flood. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, and, and you had to wonder, was Noah the first agent? I mean, was he the first dude out there like saving people? Like, hey, here's right? your policy. Get on this boat. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's what I say. Why are you building a boat? Risk management. We don't believe. We don't think we need that water flow alarm. Just wait, brother. Just wait. Oh, I love it. Aaron, man, I love it. Hey, you and your boo, you're probably watching Hulu, getting your kicks on Netflix or spending your time on Amazon Prime. What are you watching right now, Aaron? Right now, I'm doing a lot of podcast listening. I'm not a big really? TV guy. I know it's crazy. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just not, you know, I got... I, Late at night, you're laying in bed. You're getting ready to go to sleep. You I'm listen to a podcast? I'm listening to a podcast and I'm going to sleep early. I got four little kids. So yeah, I got oh, yeah. I got four kids under the age of 12 right now. So Oh, God, love you. God, I wish I, 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 you know... Um, I'll yeah. tell you what I'm really into. I love the uh, the nomad lifestyle. I don't know if you're into those people. If you're watching people, the people that like live out of vans and stuff like oh, that, van life. No, I ha I'm not real into them, but I've seen a little bit of that. Dude, I I think if I if I didn't get married when I did and have kids when I did and have you know a business and all the other things that real life has, I look at these people. They like these. I follow these people. They like they they live on boats and they just like chase nice weather. And, and and they work if they want to. They I mean, remote. or they're I mean, in the an world RV. Of remote, right? Yeah, their RV pandemic has really created this. Um, I do not insure them, but I have a friend who insures RV dealerships, and I mean, they they can't make RVs fast enough right now. There's people but, who just that's what they want to do. And by, by the way, people who now are picking up on that hobby, back to sorry to keep, you know beating the dead horse. That's that's it's an insurance pivot. But those people, even if they sold their house. Might not be the same premium, but they're still consumers in the life cycle with us. They can't get rid of us. There's nothing you can do. Even when you die, you can't get rid of your insurance agent. <laughs> it's true. So it's true, man. Hey, you reading any good words. books right now besides the podcast? So I am. I'm actually. I just finished um, selling in tough times. I just read it again. Okay. Um, that is that's Tom Hopkins. So that's great. Um, I love so that's Hopkins. my yeah, he's a dude so, from the 80s that people just don't realize and so remember that 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 really really um, hit me in the hustle and uh, I'm looking I'm, I'm looking for anything what, what are you reading now I'm, I'm looking for something good okay what am I reading right now so I'm reading a lot because I'm doing 75 hard so I have you're a better a, man than me I have the secret which is something that I'm reading that's my actual like uh, book right now that I'm reading I'm almost done with it uh, the secret is an interesting one um, I think it talks about the power of the universe and the law of attraction. Uh, the thing that I have a hard time with it is this power in the universe. They just need to say God. And it's like they don't say that in right, the book. Right, they just talk about there's this power in the that universe. that we can't say anymore. Yeah, and I'm just like, come on, you know. So, so I really, really like that. But I just read another one, which was, re which was referred to me from the guys at Glovebox. Um, which Agency is called, all one here, by the way. Huh? I was the first agent at Glovebox. 001 is my agency code. Really? Yeah. Dude, I love those guys. How how to change your mind? And it's the story of LSD um and and uh and psilocybin, the uh the 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 magic mushrooms and talked about how back in the 60s and 50s there was some great research that was going on but then it they the government and uh, religious institutions put a negative marketing campaign on it i mean they tell things like no one ever knows this there's never been one person who's ever died of lsd or psilocybin 
Um, but yet you would be, most people, if you asked, hey, would you take some LSD? They'd be like, oh, I don't want to die. Well, it, it, it has not made anybody go into psychosis. It's never done any of the stuff that's out there. And so they give, then they start talking about the good things that it has done. That was really, really mind opening. But on the next one I'm reading right now, which is called Range. Now, this is an interesting one here, Aaron. And what it I'm is, is the general, why generalists triumph in a specialized world. And so this, this um, David Epstein, he makes this, this um, argument that being specialized is not good. Actually being a really good generalist is who people are. You're going to have the Tiger Woods out there who is from a young age was just driven to do what he's done. But there are other people like a Roger Federer who has absolutely dominated his sport. But he dominated his sport because his parents made him play and do different things. Like he had to do ballet. He had to do um, other types of sports. And then when he brought that all together in his mid-teens, that's what it made him excel as a tennis player. There's actually way more people who are like Roger Federer who have changed the world than Tiger Woods. By the way, and look Ty at all. Most professional athletes played more than one sport. That's right. Then that's that's exactly right. So he, it's called range. And he talks about the people who are the most successful actually have a range of different um, uh, uh, talents and skills. And so it really, really set me apart because as my agency, I write whales and I write workers comp. I hire producers and I train them specifically in that. And now I'm starting to realize like, wow, even... I mean, they, they learn uh, commercial and all the other PNC lines as they get going. But one of the things that I do is that, and I'm starting to make me realize I need to um, train them a little bit sooner in some of the other things, which I think will make them better in the specialized that they are. So that, that's one that... Um, I'll give you one more that I read this past summer, which was great. It's called The First Person You Must Lead Is You. And it's Ooh. by a retired general. Her name is Becky Holland or Heaven. I just want to look into what it is. Um, yeah, Becky Holland. Okay. Um, Rebecca Becky Holland, she was, she's an incredible woman. I, when I was in West Point this past summer for a few days, she was, she spoke she's incredible. She was one of the first female generals in the U S in the U S military. And the reason why I like that one is the, the whole, it, it forces you to craft your message. And I think that a lot of people, myself included, were so focused on the goal and on other staff, things like that. When, uh -huh. If you really, and, and we never focus on ourselves or our leadership message, message or our style because we're so busy running like the What's hamster on the wheel. Becky Holland, retired general. I looked it up here on um, Becky Holland. Here, I'll show it to you. Hold on one second. I'm not finding it on Audible. You said the first person. It might, not be, it might not be on Audible yet. We'll have to check that out, but. This is her, yeah. Becky Holland, the 24-7, the first person you must lead is you. Thank you. Uh, she's a brigadier, retired brigadier general, uh, amazing woman. And it, the, the premise is if you're, if you're great, your people will be great. When tough times come, if your message is not, and it's not just your leadership message, but if you haven't figured out what you're really your why, everyone talks about the why, but mm -hmm. your why and then how to strengthen that, once you do that, you're, 
So it's really, and it's it's, it's not such a it's not a well. And for to be a woman and be that high in the military in today's uh, society, and that doesn't mean she got there today. That means she's been working at it since the seventies and 80s. Well, she's retired now. She was one of the first three when they promoted women as generals. She was one of the first three at the time. Oh wow! She was in Iraq. Well, she's I mean she's amazing. So wow. Okay, thank you very much. Aaron, I appreciate you coming on, dude. This has been enjoyable. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Thanks, brother. Um, I had a great time. As I said, I career bucket list. Yeah, well, I appreciate that very much. And the loyal listeners, uh, you you gave them a treat on some of the stuff we talked about. It went, if we've been doing this 45 minutes, sounds like feels like we've been doing it 15. That's it. So, hey, man, Aaron, appreciate you. For all you loyal listeners, you know what I do because I do it for you. Here I have Ted giving you a real agent inside a real agency, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there this is Cass he's Gordon and we are out hey agents listen to this listen to this what are we terrible at think of it think of it really we're, we're terrible at training right we're not very good at hiring we're not very good terrible at firing actually uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want and the list goes on and on now listen I'm an agency owner and I, you know how it is to to fix a problem the first thing you got to do is you got to admit you have a problem here's what you do Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial. But you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.